Welcome to day six of the I Am Talk 2011 Kona Super Specials. Guys, welcome along to episode. We're not going to call this an episode. It's the un- undone episode, John. It's kind of super special. Kind of super special day six, so. but it's been released like a week later. Yes. Because John and I still in a hotel room, and we've got a funny thing we're going to do at the end of this show, and it could be crying with laughter funny. It could be. It could be crying with laughter funny because we've got, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. But basically, we're still in Hawaii now, and it's post day after the race, mm-hmm. and so we're just kind of sitting around doing some work. And what we're going to do on today's show is we're going to do a bit of a talk about what's happening in the scene. Right now, and then we're going to do release the media conference, which was around about an hour and a half long, wasn't it? And it's so, a yeah, and it's a good listen. So we thought, well, you guys can have a listen to it as well. We recorded the whole thing. There's, um, yeah, and so anyway, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's just do the sponsors. Uh, endurance Sport Travel And again We've said this many times Over the last kind of week But get on them If you're looking at Doing a trip overseas They're a really good Professionally run organisation By a great legend of the sport Especially if it's sold out event Because they do have slots For most races um, So get yourself a deal Nice uh, Audio Technica Audio Technica Again have delivered 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 And if you're the tech dude At your work And let's be honest Let's, let's try that to have, Tend to have a few tech dudes In, mm-hmm. the, in, our, in our environment In our world you know, make sure you get Audio Technica if, you, if they need equipment for recording or for meetings or anything like that. Check out their website, and I've got a link to that on www.imtalk.me. And Lava Java, I'm, 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 today's going to be the last day for Lava Java. We're going, we're going today? I think we'll probably go down there and have a bit of lunch. Okay. It's been okay. quality. Yep, no, they do deliver eight. For a calf, it's a pretty mean calf. It's a high-end calf. I don't know how much good. money they made in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we were talking to the owner. He said it's not as much as people think because they've got to have so many staff yeah. on. Um, yeah, it's busy and it it's good. It must be hard in that situation as well because if you bring on new staff, they're probably not that good in your systems. But we went down there and every, every time it was pretty busy, but we seemed to get served yeah. pretty quickly. So it was we good. Were, John. That's right. That's yeah, right. Our priority list. O2 Creations. Um, we're going to check out if we can get some t shirts made because you guys seem to love them, but check out O2 Creations for good triathlon gear. And. Regular sponsors, John. Regular sponsors, athlinks.com. Check, check, check out athlinks.com. Again, put in all your race results, put in what you've been doing in the race, and let everyone know how amazing you have been. Coffees of Hawaii. Um, Albert, do, do you know how Rally did? Well, I'm picking it must have been around 9, 9.30, maybe maybe a touch quicker than 9.30. We could probably um, look up the results. We'll, he, by the end of the show, we'll have the results. He was looking in a world of pain at the start of the run, and he was looking in a world of pain at the end of the run. He was in a world of pain. Like, I saw a few people coming through, and there was a bit of carnage, as always, mm. but there was, there was probably a 10% where it was absolute maximum carnage. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in the top end of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He, looked, he wouldn't look like he was in his happy place. And I was hanging around, because I, I did age group interviews for like an hour, and then I, I hung around thinking, well, I'll wait for Albert to come out. And then, you know, I was like, he's going to be there all night. <laughs> <laughs> and Extreme Endurance. Xendurance.com is the place to go to get your lactic buffer. It really helps to, you know, it's interesting, we're talking a few athletes over here using it, and they're saying, you know, it really does help to able recovery, which helps them to have better quality sessions when they're out there training. So check that out, Xendurance.com. So we're going to be putting the uh, the press conference up pretty soon, but you want to talk a little bit about Challenge Buffalona, John? Yeah, so the, whilst we've been over here, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've had any other results. And there's not a lot of racing going on, but Challenge Barcelona's on, and Bevan's going to give us a quick wrap of the results. Well, John, maybe I won't. It's Clement Alizon Macanan. You're going to need a bit of help over yeah, there. Yeah, you come over to my mic. We'll do the old school we used to share a mic, mate. Come on over. Come on, give it a hug. Hey, that's a one. 
Clement Alonso. Uh, he was first. He did a come across to the mic. He did a forty-eight swim, four twenty-seven bike, two fifty-five run for a f- eight fifteen. Second was Pierre Bittner in eight eighteen, and Petrivic Dijan from Croatia was third in eight twenty-three. So fast times so all the way down to what fourteenth or fifteenth was uh, sub nine. So good to see. And then the girl side of things. Girls. It's coming, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Michelle Mitchell. Uh, I've got these ones. Took about 9.15. She swam 54, rode 5.13, ran 3.03. Good consistent day. 9.18. Erica Chilmore, second. 9.21. She's been doing... No, 9.18. It's a close race. And third place, Lucy Gossage. The Gossenager. The Gossenager. 9.21. Okay, get out of my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting on the race results, they've got things like um, temperature and stuff, which I like. Gives you an idea of, you know, did not finish. The swim they had uh, overall did not finish. Um, did not start and disqualified. Nice. Disqualified 22 people. Wow, now, solid. They shouldn't, you know, maybe it was just like a penalty. Maybe. 22 people being disqualified. I think they had good numbers down there. Uh, so Challenge Series continues to grow. Saw Felix and uh, and the crew over here in Kona. You didn't get a chance to talk to them really, did we? They were, yeah. we were at the party and then it was one of those situations where you got someone in a circle and you're talking to someone they came over and so we'll try to say hello next time. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, so we're going to put up the media conference right now. So it's going to run for about 45 minutes. We'll go males, then females. And uh, you guys, there were some sound problems at times and... Um, there was and that wasn't necessarily our fault. Oh, no, no, it was, was the, the mics were really stuffing up a bit, so hopefully Level Later will take care of that stuff. Yeah, we'll do our best. So here it is right now. Um, just one more time, ladies and gentlemen, our top five finishers today. Craig Alexander, Pete Jacobs, Andreas Raylu, Dirk Bocco. So what ended up being a uh, record-setting day out uh, in the lava fields today was an incredible day. Over the last five years, we've had four near-perfect years, but today ended up being one of those days it was going to go down in history right from the gun. Andy Potts got out to a great lead on the swim. Pete uh, was on his feet there for a little bit, and then uh, Andy just started to get away a little bit and then out onto the bike ride. Uh, the boys really gave it everything uh, going up there. There was very little wind to speak of after they turned down the Kauai High heading up to Harvey, coming with a bit of a Maui wind, which is a headwind. So on the way back, it was a tailwind back down to Kauai High, and then the boys did a great job on the way back uh, coming into T2. Chris Lieto had about a four-and-a-half-minute lead, then heading out onto the run. Sort of held the lead right up until about that six-mile mark, and then uh, Craig was uh, probably within striking position. He was probably as close as he's ever been to the lead, and uh, the quickest he's ever gotten into the lead, and was able to hold it. He was pressured by Andreas Raylert early today. Uh, Andreas getting out onto the lava field uh, with a black eye. Uh, you can probably see Andreas' uh, left eye. He was <laughs> unfortunately um, batted around a little bit in the transition after the swim. It wasn't in the swim, it was after the swim. Uh, just to clarify that. Uh, and then it was Craig uh, all the way uh, bringing it home. Uh, Craig, in actual fact, did not run the fastest time today. It was Pete Jacobs with the 2.42. Craig ended up running a 2.44.
what uh, what we set out with uh, during the week was uh, always going to be a fantastic race this weekend with a new Kona Points ranking system. Uh, the top five, uh, top top fifty athletes in the world qualified for this fantastic world championship. So we knew that it was going to be uh, you know just a, a calculated decision on each of these guys' uh, efforts to get up there early in the race and do what they do and do it really well. And uh, what ended up being not only the best fifty people in the world. But Craig Alexander, your champion today, took down a 15-year-old record. 8.03.56. I don't think it's quite sunk in yet with Craig. So we're going to start with you, Craig. Um, firstly, congratulations on your third uh, victory uh, here at the Ford Ironman World Championship. Uh, you were a late bloomer coming into Ironman. You only started around about five years ago with this distance and uh, three wins uh, in this very short career. You must be blown away right now with everything that's happened today. Mate, I can't believe it. Yeah, I've, I've, this is my fifth race here and to have three victories, it's beyond belief really. You know, it all started with a dream many years ago when you won here in 94. And I mean, the race today was... It was near perfect. I guess it's the kind of performance that you dream of and you aspire to achieve. It's, it's the motivation to get you out the door to train. Um, but you never know if you, you're actually going to ever live it. And, you know, to be honest, getting beaten last year hurt me a lot. It, um, not because I got beaten, but because I had a good race and got beaten and beat up. And, um, you know, I think last year Chris and Andy and Marino raised the bar and then Andy and Marino continued along in that vein this year with their two great performances. And I think what was really rewarding was, you know, I sat down with the people around me and, and you know, I said, I have to improve. I, they've worked me out, I have to improve. And um, I was able to do that. And I think you saw the fruits of 12 months of labor and, and planning today. I think, um, I think that um, what really set your race up today, Craig, is you knocked off 13 minutes off your PR on your bike course, and, um, and I put it down to a couple of things, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I think that you were fresh uh, coming into the back end of the season. At the beginning of the season, unfortunately, uh, Craig had to uh, withdraw from the Urban Hotel's Australian Ironman in Port Macquarie, uh, and unfortunately, he was really bummed about that because he was competing on his home soil. Uh, but he hung around there like a true professional, did autographs and just helped out wherever he could. Uh, for the next couple of months, he was coughing so hard that uh, he tore a couple of intercostal muscles, which ended up uh, cracking a few ribs, which was pretty serious. Uh, and it took him a couple of months after that to recover before making a full recovery and to start racing again. Craig had not qualified uh, to do this race. He had to uh, go out and validate his slot um, to, uh, to get to this race. Um, after he validated by winning the Ford Ironman Coeur Lane, Craig then started uh, with his season uh, as a late bloomer. So, Craig, um, I'm just looking at it uh, in an effect that you didn't do a lot of racing up uh, early in the season. So the back end of the season, two-part question and answer here for you. You won the Ironman 70.3, the Marines Ironman 70.3 World Championship, and then four weeks later you take this. That's a double that is very, very hard to do again, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, last year when I heard about the scheduling change for the 70.3 Worlds, I was very excited. You know, I still think that's my best distance. And um, But since 07, I've been racing here in Kona, so I haven't really contested Clearwater since then. And, you know, I said to my wife last year, I'm, I'm going to do both. And 
you know, I, I said to if anyone can get on the podium at both, I think that would be amazing. Um, to win both is, it hasn't sunk in, to be honest. Um, but I agree. I think, you know, things happen for a reason and the start of the season was very slow. Um, but I didn't panic. I think as you get older, you just realise things happen. You know, I hadn't had an enforced layoff for nearly a decade um, since I had the chicken pox in 02. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I rolled with the punches. I, you know, I never thought I was that unfit. I was just unhealthy for a while and then I cracked the ribs. So, just had to get healthy. And uh, completely different to last year. I'd, I'd raced nine times coming into here last year. So... You know, I think the uh, the fresh legs certainly helped. Certainly helped post quarter lane with with a great build up for Vegas, and then you know another good month leading into this. All right, perfect, mate. Uh, let's go over to Pete Jacobs. Uh, Pete, grab the microphone there. Pete, also um, hailing from Australia, so it's a, a great day for the Australians. First and second in the men's, second in the women's as well. Um, Pete, you. You're a great swimmer, you're a fantastic runner, but today you were only six minutes down off Crowey after the bike, um, ended up putting in that solid run performance that we knew that you would, ended up running a 2.42 and running into second place. Um, across the line, very emotional, and uh, for a second place, and uh, it's just, I, I think it's just actually sinking in for you, right? Yeah, it's, it's still sinking in. It's going to take a while. Um, being here obviously makes it very real. Um, you know, yeah, crossing the line, I, I, I was really surprised. I mean, I came here thinking, yeah, look, I've got a chance to win. But out on the bike, I wasn't having a great day on the bike. That just didn't feel natural today. The legs just weren't there on the bike. Um, I felt better last, last Saturday when I rode a bit of the course. So that was a bit disappointing. And then just things happened on the bike. A break opened up a couple of people in front of me. And I lost the group on the way up to Harvey. Um, so we worked with a few other guys on the way back and... Um, and I was writing my excuses on the way back I, to my family and friends. I was going to, you know, imagine what I was telling them. Look, it's just not my day. I didn't feel good, blah, blah, blah. And um, so that's why to, to run up into second, I, I, I just can't believe that I ran up into second. And that's what Iron Man does to you. The, uh, the day, you know, brings out the best in you. And I think that uh, you found out today that uh, the champion is living somewhere inside of you, I think. Um, so if uh, you do what uh, Crowey does and knock off 13 minutes off your uh, time, you'll probably kick his butt next year, right? <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah, I've told him to watch out. <laughs> All right, over to Andy. Congratulations, Pete. Fantastic job. Andy, uh, today, it wasn't your day. Uh, you come into this race very fit and ready to go. A um, couple of things. First, let's start out. What happened to your eye? Actually, I really can't remember. I just... <laughs> no, honestly, um, I think uh, it was in the transition. And uh, I think I hit Maddie because I think he had some trouble with Matt, his... Maddie Reed. Maddie Reed, yep. yes. Uh, he was on his way actually back to the transition, so I just hit him probably, and uh, I was a little bit confused. But uh, the funny story was when I just put my glasses on the bike, I got the, a big shadow on my, my, on my eyes, and I thought it, it's kind of a bean or something must be there and I didn't realize but it bothered me at all so uh, you just told me after the finish hey Andy what happened and I said oh, I, what do you mean <laughs> so you know sometimes it just happens 
Yeah. Okay. So Andy, uh, last year second place, uh, ran all the way uh, almost to the finish line with Maka. Um, maybe a little bit disappointing for you. Um, you come here searching for the victory. Um, you know, saying that uh, Iron Man is your dream um, next year. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not satisfied. Yes. You know, I had a great day today. Uh, I just got beaten by two better athletes, and uh, honestly, I'm. I'm really proud that I was in the, actually in this race when Croy was setting the new race record and he was just on another level. When I struggle a little bit on the bike, and usually you, you, you do at some point, just to follow, and uh, when I got three minutes behind Croy off the bike, I just thought to myself, if you want to win this race, you just have to risk something. And that's what I did, and that's what I do would do again, so no doubt about this. And uh, after 25 kilom- kilometers, or let's say after the half marathon, I just started to struggle and uh, I had a great battle with <laughs> Pete on the very end, it was pretty much just making ground. <laughs> so uh, I ended up uh, third, it was a great day for me and a special thanks special thanks to my best support crew Michael because without him I wouldn't be fi- I wouldn't finish because I was hurting so badly at the very end he just uh, told me Andy you have to go you have to go think positive that's what I did and uh, for me it was a great finish for the third place and of, sh- of course I'm I'm still dreaming about to win this race maybe in the future so that's what keeps me motivated for the next years Okay, fantastic job, Andy. Um, just a side note to that, um, uh, we were tracking Craig and uh, Andy's splits through the uh, first uh, uh, 10K, and uh, well, six miles, and Craig and both Andy were um, sub, sub, sub six-minute miles. Um, and then about 15 minutes later, um, we got information from Kevin, Kevin McKinnon from Ironman Live, that... Pete Jacobs, in actual fact, was the fastest guy through six miles, and was running sub, 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 sub six minute miles. So, congratulations to you, Pete. Uh, Two forty-two in the end. All right, over to Dirk. Dirk Hales from Luxembourg. Fantastic, Ferg's Luxton, Luxemburger. Sorry, excuse me, Luxemburger in the top five. That's correct. Yes, sorry, mate. A little bit of you know, getting over it. But uh, first, Luxemburger in the top five. You must be really proud of your achievement today in fourth place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I defined the season by two races, and obviously Kona was my peak. And uh, you know, my, my it's my third time racing here. First time I was seventh. Last last year I was eighth. I had unfortunately my first ever penalty. And this year I just made sure I stay very very far back. And that caused that caused a kind of couple of trouble for me because I actually had to close a couple of gaps and. You know, it took some energy out, but, you know, fourth place, being fourth in the world, having those amazing athletes here around me, they were clearly better today. I heard you, I heard you guys were fighting it out pretty bad, so my coach kept yelling, one is going to bonk, one is going to bonk, so <laughs> that, that, that kept me motivated, and I ran a very, very good uh, last 10K, and I got close, but it was obviously not enough, though. All right, well, congratulations, Dirk. Unbelievable uh, today, top five result. Okay, we're going to open it up to the floor. Who have we got? Timmy Carlson. Craig, uh, great race, obvious. Um, it seemed throughout the day that you looked very strong, very confident, very uh, <coughs> in charge of everything. 
very fast, everything. And then to finish, I think the mask came off because there was such an incredible effort. Maybe you could describe uh, if you were uh, trying to like uh, discourage people by saying, looking so uh, impervious to pain and no, I was feeling good. I had a very easy, comfortable swim. I felt totally comfortable on the bike. Uh, you know, the race got tough. Andy put pressure on me. He made me run quicker. I knew I had that three minutes on him out of T2, and I didn't want to give that up easily. And I was getting the splits, and I didn't, you know, I was coming down. You know, I was running 545 miles, and I was losing five or ten seconds a mile. At what point of the run? At the start, right along the lead drive. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I thought... <clears throat> I'm all in. I'm not. I'm not going to give up this gap easily. So he, he took me out of my comfort zone totally, and you know, from mile five to or mile four really to mile eighteen, I was, yeah, I was uncomfortable. And that's when the mask came off. There was no <clears throat> pretend grimace. That was a real grimace. But um, you know, that's racing. I think we saw last year. This race, is, it becomes tactical and strategic, and it can be like a game of chess. I didn't want to give up the time. I felt I'd worked hard for. So uh, I dug a little deeper than I'd wanted to, and any of the wheels came off at the end, but I had a six-minute lead at that point. So um, I think my little gamble paid off. You know, you have to take risks. And I think the main thing was, you know, I was happy, I was happy at the start. You know, it's, it's the World Championships, and I'm happy just to be here. And um, obviously I was in good form. I won in Vegas four weeks ago, and... Um, you know, I wanted to race like an athlete who, who's won here before, just with a bit, bit of confidence. I always felt I've been a bit timid here, and I wanted to be the guy dictating for a change. And, um, yeah, <clears throat> helps to have a smile on you. Well, it works for Chrissy anyway, so. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, it got hard. It always does. It's the World Championships in, you know, on a brutal course. And, you know, I, I was close to Marina off the bike. And a big shout-out to Luke McKenzie, too, who... Unbelievable race. I mean, swam pretty much on the front of our group, the front group, and then he was the he was the guy on the bike who just going up to Harvey when we hit the wind, who caused the split, and you know then Lieto, myself, Marino, and, and Luke rode together until pretty much White Collar on the way back, and Chris took off. But um, I was feeling good. I was totally riding within myself, and uh, you know I. I thought Marino was going to be tough, although I did notice he had, like, his black suit looked white. And it was, it was pretty humid out there, you know. I think a lot of people were losing a lot of salt. And uh, you can never write Andy out, Andy off. So, um, <clears throat> you know, when I was running out, I saw, I saw where he was. And, no, no, I mean, that was, that was no play grimace. That was real. I mean, yeah, I, I went out of my game plan a little bit, but it was in response to him putting pressure on me. So, um, do you want me to get that for you, Tim? <laughs> yeah, no, so, so, I mean, I think the thing is, and, and that's, you know, and I think that's why last year's loss hurt me so much because I didn't race badly. I raced well, but I got beat up. And when you race well and lose badly, that hurts a bit. And <laughs> Tim, get the phone. <laughs> Tim Carlson's assistant. He's busy. (laughs) 
Where were we? <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, that's the that's the racing, you know. I think you saw last year with, with Maka. It's it's not just a it's not just a physical race. There's, there's a lot of strategy now, and, and it just keeps. I mean, what those three guys did last year here, and then what Marino and Andy did this year in Europe. I think you know the bar just keeps getting raised, and you've got to lift your game, otherwise you're going to get left behind. What do you mean by the wheels coming up? One question at a time, Tim. <laughs> I cramped up. Tom? Uh, Tom Rogers, Lava Magazine. Um, when you had that great time in Nevada um, on what everybody said was going to be a difficult course where that could be done, did you get a feeling that maybe you were going to have a really, not only win here, but have a speedy time? And also, how does it feel to break the record on this course after so many years on a course that most people think is actually a harder, a little bit slower course than the ones that Luke Van Leer and Paul Nibby Fraser set their records on. This is a not the same course they raced on, and there's an extra hill, and the swim always seems a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, I think in fairness to the greats of the past, you know, our sport's been caught up in technology. We now have, you know, aerodynamic bikes, aero helmets, nutrition. Um, so I think it was always inevitable given the right conditions, the record could go. Um, as far as the race in Nevada, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, when I got over the broken rib, I did a great 10 weeks of training, and uh, Las Vegas was a big focus for me this year. I had a very, very good race there, and I mean, I didn't win there and, and automatically think I was a shoe in here, absolutely. I mean, it's double the distance, it's a completely different beast, and um, I was gonna be racing some different guys, so. At the very least, I had confidence knowing that I was in pretty good shape. Um, as What does it feel like to break the record? It's totally humbling. I mean, think of the people who have raced here. I mean, I can't believe it. <clears throat> I must have knocked a couple of miles off this year somewhere. But um, no, I mean, I'm aware of the history more than anyone, don't worry. And I, pff, like I said, I'm totally humbled. Um, I remember 96 watching. I think Greg, you finished third that year. And uh, what can I say? I mean, to have Greg here and Mark and Dave, I mean, you know, you race to, to do the best you can and be the best athlete you can be. And if you make history along the way, that, that's awesome. That's, that's not why you set out. That's not what gets you out of bed in the morning. But I'm not going to say it's not a huge achievement. And I'm... I mean, I can't believe it, to be honest. It hasn't sunk in. Just a side note on that one. Uh, Pete also uh, went 8.09.11, which was four seconds faster than Mark in 1989 in Iron War. Wow. So it's pretty good. Next question, please. Uh, TJ. Yeah, Craig, I'm curious if, uh, and you mentioned in the end of your last answer, the cramps, uh, if you could take us through the psychological and physiological imagery, what was going on, did you, what level of alarm did you have, um, considering where you were at, and what it could have possibly done to you? Yeah, well, there's always an alarm when, when you start cramping, uh, I just ran out of salt tablets, I didn't take enough, and um, I had spares in special needs, but... I was feeling good in the energy lab, so I didn't grab special needs. Probably a little bit of a mistake. You know, at that point, I had I had six minutes. So, you know, 
do the maths, you know, they were, we were running out of real estate. So I didn't panic and I, I just felt I had to change a few things up, grab, grab a bit more, grab a bit more power bar form. You know, were they getting you in the, ha- the hamstrings or where were you? Kind of I was getting in the hamstrings and the calves, yeah. So, I, you know, I had six, the last time split I got was six minutes. So I, um, I think I was at mile 22. So I thought I'm just going to suck it up and run to the top of Mark and Dave Hill. And my stride length was getting shorter and shorter. The hamstrings were getting tighter. And, um, but, you know, you're two miles or three miles from a, a world title. So, um, yeah, I just figured the uphill running would help a little bit too. Just change the angle of everything and, and shorten the stride length. And <clears throat> But I got up to the top and had a little stop and a stretch. And you're always concerned because you now know if you're going to be able to start again. But... Um, Fortunately, I had a buffer and I heard that Pete had walked through an aid station and uh, a couple. A couple. <laughs> so that's always good news to hear. But um, it's always alarming, you know. I was reading the race magazine yesterday and uh, they talked all about Paula's meltdown in 95. So, you know, if she can collapse on a lead drive, I think anyone can. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's alarming, but it's, it goes with, you know. There's so many great things about this race, and one of them is you have to think outside the box and solve a few puzzles out there. And um, <clears throat> you know, I just grabbed a bit more power bar perform. I noticed on the right on the bottle it says cram crushing, so I thought, well, that stuff's going to help. So um, seemed to work alright. Next question, please. Uh, over here. My name is Mika. Um, I'm from a Japanese triathlon magazine called Lumina. Um, yeah, um, at the last stretch, I saw you when you were coming around the corner, and uh, you were running really fast, but already, already smiling and uh, grabbing your Australian flag. Uh, but it was the point that you may or may not uh, break the record. It's like a, so. <laughs> I wonder. What at what point you felt you're sure that you're gonna make the the new you know, course record? Well, obviously during the marathon, people were telling me, um, you know, what sort of pace I was on. When I started cramping, I, I forgot all about that and. Um, <clears throat> To be honest, when I got down Polani, I was just happy to be back in town, and I thought, you know, with a six-minute lead, I, I could almost walk from here, and I'll still get there. So, yeah, I, I grabbed the flag, and um, it wasn't until I heard Mike Riley say he's going to do it, and I saw the clock. I didn't realise how how close it was, but um, I forgot about it for about ten minutes there. And you know, honestly, I did. records are great. Every day is different. You know, the course is sometimes different. Every, if, the, if the wind blows from one degree in a different direction, that can change everything. So, like I say, it's, I mean, it's a feather in my cap to say, you know, the time I did today was the fastest ever here. But every year's a different year. And I think, it's, for me, it's more about the performance of the day and, and trying to win the race. Um, that was a huge bonus. Yeah, well, when I saw I got so close, I mean, after, 
eight hours and three minutes, it would have been a shame to fall a few seconds short. So I, I went into a little bit of a sprint, as much as you could say at the end there, but got there just. Question for Pete. Um, you haven't stopped smiling since you've been sitting down here. Uh, how, I think we all knew you were capable of something like this. Um, you had a great run last year, but how surprised are you and how good does it feel to finish second on a record-setting day from a countryman of yours? And uh, if you could just talk about how motivated you are uh, by the guy sitting next to you. The reason he hasn't stopped smiling is because somebody else bought him pizza. Come on, mate, he's Australian. <laughs> Oh, he gets about a million dollars in Australian for his second place anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, not likely. It's more prize money a few years ago, wasn't it? It's getting less and less for the Aussies as our dollar improves. Exchange rate. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm incredibly happy to finish second to, to Craig and, uh, and to beat Andreas. Like, uh, you know, last year and, and, and for the last 12 months, it's been all about these two guys. Um, so to split them and, and get second place is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. And um, like I said, just just complete surprise to have gone from feeling in feeling very down on the bike to have um, run run through into second place. Um, uh, and yeah, I still just can't believe um, that I'm second in Hawaii. It, you know, could just as easy be some other small race that I got second in. I'd be happy in that too. So to get second here um, and, and to have gone, what did I go, 8 um, it's really bizarre that a month ago I said to my manager, my guess for my time is 8.09 if, if it's a good day. So it's, it's, absolutely, it's really bizarre to have, um, to have gone that fast. And uh, so in terms of um, how motivating it is um, to, to be racing Craig and, uh, you know, to try and... Uh, improve myself and my weaknesses to to be able to win this three times like he has uh, or just beat him once would be nice um, you know I'm really looking forward to next year to um, yeah work a little bit harder I'm incredibly motivated by my result today um, to know that two years in a row I can have the fastest run um, that the heat doesn't worry me on the run and I kind of enjoy it in a in a weird way and uh, and I didn't have a great run. Like like I started cramping when uh, and Andy was catching me and he caught me again. Um, and my 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 quads were absolutely shattered. So last year they didn't get shattered and they were fine. So to think you know I was probably on a <laughs> bit quicker pace before that happened. So yeah, I'm really motivated to come back here next year with a few few more months under my belt training than I did this year. I, I had a stress fracture early in the year and. Um, in my in my foot and that kind of delayed my training so next year i'm going to start further out ease into it and uh be much better prepared for next year uh also somebody left their sony is it yours i could have recorded it for you but um tim uh, Andreas, you had a magnificent year. You, you broke the Ironman distance world record uh, at Roth, and uh, you're completely, I think, ready for this race. And then can you just describe what, what was going on today? You had a great race, but it was just a little bit less than you wanted. Of course, uh, you, you get on the start line with your dream and to win this race. If you, if you don't do this, then uh, you're not ready for the start. And uh, there's no guarantee in sport at all. And 
there are always some better athletes out there and it just comes you know that you have to put your cards on the table at the very end and uh, if you talk about the perfect race probably it was not a perfect day for me but I still had a fantastic race so and if I look back I I never had such a day when everything goes really well unfortunately I you know I just got this little trouble <laughs> in the transition zone but uh, even on the bike I felt really good and we were pushing really hard on the bike and some other athletes were just a little bit stronger which is not unusual and uh, pardon uh, if you check the, the, the Oh, um. <laughs> He's already said that, Tim. Matty Reed come back in to get his stuff and whacked him with the elbow and check your recorder, it's on there. Ay, ay, ay. He's too busy with his phone. All right. And to make a long story short, uh, of course I had some, some issues in the race, but you always have some issues to, 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 to handle with. I mean, Crowe uh, had some cramps at the very end, so... It wasn't even the, a perfect race, probably a perfect day, but otherwise he would make finish sub eight hours. Yeah. And if you talk to some other people, they, would, they probably would say, you know, there's, there were no chance to, to do it under eight hours. But that's the way it is in this sport right now, because the guys are so fast right now. And personally for me, like Roy said, last year he had a good race. He was just got beaten by, 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 by better guys. That's what it is right now for me a little bit. I mean, Roy was just on another level and uh, Peter as well. So, but it keeps me really motivated to come back next year and to have another try and to do it together with Mikey. Awesome. Next question, please. Up the back here. You're not allowed to ask your brother anything either, Michael. Uh, well, uh, my name is Michael, Michael Raylat. I'm the younger brother of Andy. So, Corey, I just check, uh, checked online that you're on the start list of the ITU Long Distance World. world. So, I'm just wondering if you're racing or not. <laughs> I nominated for that earlier in the year when I was sick. And I wasn't sure what I would be doing. I wanted to leave my options open. I don't think I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to Australia on Wednesday, so I need to be hard to get on a plane again so soon. And, uh, you know, I've drained so much out of my family. I just time for me to get back on deck. It's really back on. I'm getting on a plane anywhere. I just want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, mate. You need you. <laughs> okay, next question. Mary, you're not getting the microphone. DJ, Triathlete Magazine. Uh, for Craig and Andreas, I'm curious about uh, we talked, Craig, you talked about how the race is different every year in terms of conditions, but this year was different as well in terms of the point system. And I'm curious as to how that impacted your strategizing, especially Craig, considering all the challenges you obviously faced. Uh, what's your sort of comment and analysis on how it's affecting who got here and how you performed today? Um, well, I actually agree there should be some more points. If you look 
to other major sports. You, know, you don't just roll into the US Masters without qualifying or Wimbledon or any Grand Slam tennis tournament. So I'm all for a qualifying system. Um, you know, I think what's happening now is I guess we're in a, uh, a process of change. I like I like the, the structure we're getting in the sports. You have your marquee races, your world championships, and then the next two down you have your regional championships. So you've got your Asia Pacific championships. European Championships and, and US Pro Champs, and then you've got your standard garden variety events. So, um, you know, I think the points system and then the prize money reflects that. The, the more important the race, the greater the prize money and the greater the points. That seems to make sense to me. I think every system needs, you know, it's only the first year, but I'm all for a qualifying system. You know, that, that being said, I guess I wasn't impacted as as many as some, even though I got sick, because as a past champion, I only had to validate. I didn't have to qualify. So, um, not that anyone, not that I just go to validate, you know, I race to win, or race to do the best that I can. Um, so even when I went to Coeur d'Alene, I was trying to you know, put out the best performance that I was capable of. But, um, you know, I'm all for, I think it, it adds structure to the sport, and maybe there needs to be some tweaks. But at the end of the day, you know, we all found out about it last September, and as a professional, part of your responsibility is to schedule your season. Um, you know, and I think if, if, if your goal is to race in Las Vegas or Kona, then you need to qualify. So you need to go to the races that have the most points. Lucky if that's your choice, that they also have the most money. So as a professional, you're trying to make money. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say the system's perfect, but I, I think, you know, it's prestigious and adds status that you have to qualify to race. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't know if the ladies agree with 30. I think 50 sounds like a good number for the men, to be honest. Um, I guess that's up for discussion. But um, in principle, I agree with a qualifying um, <clears throat> system. What I would say, though, is we, we need to be careful that we don't over-race at the Ironman distance. Um, maybe, maybe some sort of system where you know, five or six WTC races count, maybe two fifty-one fifties, two or three halves and one or two Ironmans. I mean, whatever. Um, I think, you know, we still need to, to sit around and, and discuss that. But, you know, Ironman racing is not like two-hour racing or four-hour racing. It's, it's a big preparation and a long recovery. And if we want to protect, you know, some of our greatest assets in the sport, which are the athletes, I think we need to, you know, look after their health and well-being. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm all for a qualifying system. I think you should have to qualify to race the World Championships at both distances. They're the marquee races. And, um, you know, I like the fact there's regional championships as well. So you've got Phuket, is the Asia Pacific 70.3. Um, Melbourne will be the Ironman um, Asia Pacific Championship. You have Wiesbaden and Frankfurt, and, and you have Galveston and, and New York now. So, you know, it's a, all, all the big sports you know, have structure to them and I think you need to qualify for the biggest races. Oh, yeah, I just, I just uh, totally agree with, with, with what just Roy said. It's every, every sport has a kind of a ranking system uh, for a world championship and if you talk about the world championship then uh, you, you need something like this. Of course, uh, there are some issues right now about the rankings and how it works and how you can protect the athletes not to do as many races because uh, if you talk about, for example, 
Ironman races, then it's like a marathon. You just can perform maybe one or two races in the year to, to have a peak. And in general, I just can say, of course, yes, it's right to have a ranking system and to get the, the best athletes on the line. But how it works, probably we have to discuss. But there is no doubt that I would say uh, we don't need a ranking system. Then on the women's race, it was uh, Chrissy Wellington who ran a 250, uh, 252.41 to take the record, and she held that for about three minutes before Marinda Carfrey took it back with a 252.09. So there was four records set today uh, on the women's race. There was no overall record, so our two-run record comes down and the bike record comes down as well. But overall, it was Chrissy Wellington who hung tough all the way till the very end there, overtaking on the run into first place to capture her fourth world title. So welcome, please, the new Ford Ironman world champion for the fourth time, Chrissy Wellington. <laughs> Chrissy, grab the microphone just for a sec. And um, so just run us through it, love. I mean, two weeks ago, there was a nasty accident down on, uh, I think it was out on hygiene out there. And uh, uh, I think it was a front flat tire going around a corner, uh, came down and... Uh, just run us through it. Yeah, like I said at the press conference, my nickname is Muppet. Um, Muppet by name and Muppet definitely by, by nature. Um, for those that don't know, Muppet is uh, someone does incredibly stupid things, which I have a tendency to do. Um, yeah, two weeks ago today, I was doing my last long ride with um, Tom and a couple of others. Uh, I had a front flat tire, didn't realize I had it, went around a corner quite fast. Um, next thing I know, skin hits uh, asphalt and I leave a large proportion of my uh, left elbow, left leg and left hip and a little bit of blood on, um, yeah, on, the, on, the, on the tarmac out there, just very close to Boulder. Um, first thought that went through my head, oh dear, this is quite suboptimal preparation for an Ironman World Championship. I didn't start last year and all my friends and family have paid an incredible amount to come back this year and here I am lying in, lying in hospital. Luckily, uh, nothing was broken. Um, they x-rayed my, my elbow, my hip, my ankle. Nothing was broken and I knew at that point that I would be racing, that it was going to hurt more than anything has ever hurt me before. But I definitely was convinced that I would... Uh, toe the start line but I'm sure you you realized at the, at the press conference that that I appreciated that the crash had hampered my preparation um, mentally and and physically um, and I was unsure what the toll or what toll the uh, the crash would take on on my body and sometimes that doesn't manifest until you know you get out there on the race course um, so, yeah, my, uh, my confidence coming in always had an asterisk um, regarding the impact of the crash on, on my performance. Um, just run through really quickly, through your day. Um, started out with a, a swim that uh, was a little bit slower than normal. Had get out onto the bike ride, which is very unfamiliar territory. You're usually in the lead and then uh, onto the run. So go uh, through all three legs and the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play on the, on, the, on the crash too much. I mean, a lot of athletes come into 
this race with with niggles and obviously I'm no exception but I've um, I've torn my my pec and intercostal muscles um, so swimming has been very difficult over the past week um, I haven't actually been able to swim and ended up in hospital after trying to swim on on, on Tuesday for six hours <laughs> um, so yeah I knew the swim was going to be difficult and it, it proved to be the case it was it was very painful um, and I did I did what I could and I just tried to keep in my head the words of my favorite poem you know if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs but you know I just tried to keep my head I just tried to stay calm just try not to panic and had faith in in my body and mind to to push through so you know, once onto the bike, I, I didn't purposely go out to try and chase anybody down. I knew that Julie and obviously Karen are phenomenal bikers um, and would put time into me. And I was, I was more than prepared for that. But I'm also cognizant of the fact that Ironman is a very long day and it's comprised of, you know, three disciplines and we have a marathon to run. So... Although it was disconcerting to hear 21 minutes behind um, when I came into T2, I was also aware that I was in sixth place, which for me was a great position to, to be in, very different, like you said, from, from previous years when I've come off the bike first. But it's, you know, that was the true ten, uh, test of my, my own mental strength. Um, I went, you know, I went on to the run with... with with a lot of confidence, knowing that my previous run had been the 2.44 at Roth. So I have confidence in my run, but like I said, um, there was always that question mark over, um, over you know, the impact of, of the accident on, on my body. Um, the run was definitely not easy. I had to dig to the deepest depths that I've ever dug. I was more than prepared for that. Um, I felt like giving up at various points. Um, many were actually close to the start, but just try to stay in the moment. And, you know, I, I draw great confidence from previous races that I've done where I've suffered from, you know, little niggles and they've come and they've gone. And um, that proved to be the case. You know, my hip would hurt and then two miles down the road, it would be my hamstring or something. So, you know, it's, you, you know that your body changes through the duration of, of the marathon. Um, I purposefully went out very, very hard, just make hay while the sun shines, I guess. And I think I went through the halfway point at, one, at 122, which was slightly more rapid than I've been in, in previous years. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with my run split. Obviously, I faded towards the end, but yeah, very, 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 very proud to, to have run a run a 2.52 um, but you know I'll, I'll stop talking in just a second but just want to say that like I said at the finish line I, I couldn't have raced the race that I did without all the other competitors there and um, knowing that Rini was, was behind me and, and more than capable of running even faster than she did last year um, gave me the extra incentive to, to push hard, knowing that Caroline was down, Caroline and Rachel were down the road, 
spurred me on in, in those initial stages. Um, so, you know, my victory is also also theirs because they're the ones that enable me to to reach the heights that I do. Thank you very much. Chrissy splits today a 101 on the swim, a 456 on the bike, and finishing off with a 252. Her winning margin, by the way, was 2 minutes and 49 seconds over Marinda Carfrey. Thank you very much, Chrissy. We'll go over to Marinda. Uh, just coming in uh, a little bit late. Stuck in traffic. It's race day, love. No. <laughs> yes, that's right. You should know all you this. You know, the, the back streets by now. Really great day today. Um, defending champion going into this race. Uh, it was a fantastic day. Give us your uh, brief uh, comments on your swim, bike and run. Yeah, you know, um, it was a tough day out there today. Um, for me, it was kind of emotional, even from the get-go, from, you know, walking down as defending champ and getting body marked. I mean, I felt like I was going to burst into tears. I mean, I'm not one for tears, but I felt uh, quite emotional um, at the start. And then, I mean, I didn't think I had a very good swim. I don't know what Chrissy was doing out there, but... Um, I got out of the water, with, fortunately, with Carolyn, and uh, that was a sign that I had had a, a decent swim. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I just tried to put together my best possible bike split, um, but I think Julie Dibbins was just in a class of her own, and Carolyn Stefan, I mean, too, and obviously Karen Turig with the new bike course record. Um, some fantastic women cyclists out there, and they really showed us um, a lesson... <laughs> Um, on how to ride a bike, I definitely need to go back and take a few more tips from Dibbin. She's been hiding hiding her secrets from me for too long now. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I got off the bike and I was a long way down and um, obviously Chrissy was a few minutes up the road too and, you know, you can't give a champion like Chrissy, you know, a second, uh, let alone three minutes or so, I think she had off the bike. So, um, I mean, I just, again, got off the bike and just took it mile by mile, aid station by aid station, and to be honest, I felt horrible for the first half of the run. I was uh, just uh, struggling out there. Um, I went through the half in a bit slower than I normally do and thought I was in for maybe a three-hour marathon. Um, but, I mean, things came around in the end, and, um, you know, I made sure I took all my fluids at the aid station and kept cool, and, you know, that's probably the best I've back-ended this race, you know, since... I've been racing here, so um, probably my best, yeah, my best marathon ever. So, I mean, yeah, Chrissy made <laughs> was uh, up the front, just giving it to herself, and um, I was doing my best to, to catch up and be in the ballpark. But um, I mean, she was just too fast in the end, and, and congratulations on another another title. That's four. I think you're getting a little greedy. Maybe uh, <laughs> four to one. <laughs> Got a bit more work to do, but um, and thanks to everyone out there who, who cheered. I mean, from the media, from everyone, support's been amazing leading into this race, and um, yeah, thank you all for that. Rennie splits today, uh, fifty-seven on the swim. Uh, she biked a five oh four and finished off with a run record two four. Uh, sorry, two fifty-two, um, which was awesome. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the press conference, Chrissy actually took the run record from Marinda, and she held it for two minutes and forty-nine seconds. <laughs> Someone have to run at 2.49 next year, Chrissy. <laughs> That's right, you got it. Okay, so we're going to talk to uh, Rachel Joyce uh, right now. So, Rachel, uh, great.
Great result today, Rachel, in fourth place. Um, last year you were the leader out of the swim. This year you were not. So you're facing a little bit different uh, sort of scenario starting out the race today. You actually uh, was right with Leander Cave the whole day. You got out of the swim with her, you got off the bike with her, and then you started the run together. That was, uh, it was pretty nice to see you guys just going back and forth all day. Yeah, actually, um, someone asked me on... Thursday, they said, oh, so do you want to come out first in the swim? Which I was like, I would love to come first out the swim, but it won't be a disaster if I don't. And actually, it worked out pretty well coming out uh, with Leander. We seemed to be um, working... We would kind of go through ups and downs at different times, and so we were kind of exchanging the lead, and um, and it definitely kept me motivated because if I, when I was behind her and she was... You know, I, if I'd have been on my own, I might have let my pace slip, but um, I just kind of kept her ahead and I didn't want to kind of lose her. And um, I think there's also an incentive when you know that there's a whole bunch of uh, really fast runners behind you. So I was uh, uh, keen to put as much of a gap as I could. Um, and then going onto the run, I, I felt pretty dreadful for the entire marathon. Um, so then I had to wave Leander goodbye. So, but um, yeah, pleased. It's kind of a pattern: sixth, fifth, fourth. So I'm going to have to come back a few more times, I think. At least three more times. Yeah. Okay, we can do math. All right. So uh, Rachel's uh, Rachel splits today. She swam a 53. She also biked a 4:58 and ran a, a very respectable 3:09 for her fourth place finish. Thank you very much, Rachel. Over to Caroline. Caroline Steffen, second last year, fifth this year. Caroline, you were pretty tired at the end there. This was a gruelling race. It seems to me that the easier the day with the conditions, the harder the race because you guys just push yourself so much. On the bike, there is no freewheeling. You're just absolutely pushing yourself. And then out on the run, there's no hiding from anything today. The, uh, the sun was out for most of the day. The haze was supposed to come over, but it did not during your race and the humidity came out with the rain over the last couple of days. Is it fair to say that today was a tough day? Yeah, definitely. It was uh, way harder than last year. I remember last year it was um, not cool, but it was pretty um, oh, <laughs> pretty cloudy. And um, today I definitely struggled with the heat, um, especially in the run. The last couple of aid stations I, I had to stop and I took... <laughs> A whole bottle, one liter water, just got it over me. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't wouldn't finish. Um, but I'm I'm actually very proud what I did today. I tried something. Um, I tried to win. I mean, that's why I'm here for. And I get back here next year and I try it again. And I <laughs> got a bit of TV coverage, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> cool for my sponsors I guess and my family at home which they didn't saw me for a couple of weeks and uh, my boyfriend and his family and all my friends so now it was pretty cool to lead the race in Hawaii and uh, I'm, I'm very proud what I did today and uh, top five after second place last year I reckon top five in Hawaii that's uh, that's pretty, pretty good and I was yeah it was tough today and I struggled in the end and and yeah, I have to say I was uh, I was actually injured this year. Um, I couldn't run for a couple of months. Nobody knew that, or nearly nobody, because I didn't tell everyone. So uh, 
just keep going with racing and just shuffle through, it was fine. And I still won the most of the race because nobody knew and they just let me go. And <laughs> but today I definitely uh, felt the, the yeah. I missed a couple of months of, of really hard training and long runs and uh, my foot started hurting uh, a week ago again a little bit and I, I couldn't I couldn't probably run for the last 10 days and uh, I was really worried today um, but it was fine um, yeah I tried and try next year again all right, thank you very much, Caroline. She also had a fantastic day out there. Her uh, splits were 57 on the swim, 4.50 on the bike, and a 3.15 run uh, to finish off with a total time of uh, 9.07. So another great race for you, uh, Caroline. We're going to open up the floor now, so uh, just stand right up there to the microphone and ask your question. It's right behind you. Okay, so after that, Chrissy, Rachel, three bricks in the top three. four. Is this just luck, or are you girls keying off each other and pushing each other to better performances? Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's something that I, I actually wanted to mention. No, it's it's phenomenal for for the UK to have um, three athletes in, in the top four. Um, I, I, I I think it is a snowball effect, and I hope that we are keying off each other, you know, and 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 being inspired by each other's performances. But I also think it's a credit to the the club structure in the UK and um, for a small island, you know, we've got over 600 triathlon clubs that have got, you know, a phenomenal support network. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of credit in terms of of the growth of triathlon um, in our country um, to that. But yeah, no, I'm, you know, obviously so happy that that there are four, there are three of us in, in the top four and hopefully we can inspire the next generation of athletes at home to to take up the sport um and you know achieve even even greater things than than, than we have um yeah i would agree with that and there's um someone that's kind of Kind of, I turned pro probably a year after Chrissy, and it's been there's just so many. So I think in order, I knew that in order to kind of do well here, I'd have to beat several of my uh, fellow Brits. And so I think it definitely does. When it's so close to you, then it it makes you, you know, every training session just to be kind of noticed within your own country. You have to be doing, you have to be, well, you know, be able to perform on the world stage, and I think that makes a real difference. There's a lot going on in your country at the moment with uh, the Brownlee brothers and also Helen Jenkins that are just absolutely tearing it up. Um, absolutely, Great Britain's on fire right now. Tom Rogers, Lava Magazine. Uh, yeah, this question is for Chris. You already said that you knew that you had the 21-minute gap, and I saw you running back at me about mile eight, and even though you were salted up, you, you looked pretty confident. You kind of already answered my question. Um, but I wanted to know of your four wins, this obviously was not your, your fastest win, but is, after hearing you at the press conference with all the emotion in your voice a couple of days ago, hearing about the crash, what happened last year, is this the most soul-satisfying win for you here, or have you had time to place that in with you? I mean, obviously it's hard. A win is a win, and I'm sure you cherish them all, but does this touch you in your own soul about what you pulled off today after all the adversity? Um, 
There's a lot of emphasis in our sport on, on times. Um, yeah, when you come out of the swim in a 101, time is, is very important. Um, but for me, the time is irrelevant. It's, I, I, I judge my, my success on, on whether I feel that I've given the race absolutely everything mentally and physically and I could not have given any more I left every ounce of my heart and my soul on that race course today um, you know going into into many races you don't have the ideal preparation none of us do you know we all have trials and tribulations some are public some you know some people don't don't know about um all my races are, are special. This one is probably, yeah, it's, it's probably the most meaningful performance, the most special performance to me. Um, regaining the world title, being crowned world champion means more to me than I can ever ever articulate it's not just a race for me I wear this crown with huge pride like I know Rini has done all year um, it's not a race not just the race it's not just the time it's it's the platform it's the opportunities that it, it brings to me and it enables me to um, to achieve in, in, in this this sport so yeah to, to regain the world title and to do so under the circumstances that I've raced under yeah it, it means a huge amount to me and and I don't think it has sunk in yet I don't think it will sink in for for weeks or or months but I'm I'm very very proud of of what I've done today and I hope that people will look to me, not only my performance at Roth and breaking the world record, but we'll look to this performance as their source of inspiration and as, as proof that if you can dig deep, the mind, like I said at the press conference, is capable of, of phenomenal things. Timothy? Miranda, I know that uh, you really pushed Chrissy very hard and she was in as much pain as, as I think she can possibly stand. But you were chewing into her leaves, which my head was wondering as well you were feeling a lot of pain yourself, you could see that. Can you tell me what was going through the process of your mind? Were you optimistic? Did you have hope, you know, that if you just chewed thirty seconds here or thirty seconds there, then you could capture it? You know, I started at the run uh, three minutes down on Chrissy, thinking that that was doable. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm a better runner this year than I was last year and, and capable of running a lot faster. You know, that being said, you know, I can't dictate what Chrissy might put out on the day, but, you know, I knew it was a possibility. Um, obviously, Chrissy wasn't the only one I need to run down. Carolyn Stefan was actually my main concern at that point because she had a solid lead and, and ran a 305 marathon last year so um yeah she really went after the win and I I was well yeah I mean you can never not be worried when Chrissy's in a race but um Carol and Stefan too was definitely 
no offense, um, Rachel. <laughs> I didn't mean to not mention you, <laughs> but you know, Rachel also had a great lead. Leanna Cave, a fantastic athlete. Um, but, you know, the two athletes that have performed here, Chrissy and and um, Carolyn, were the two that I was looking at. Um, and you know, I started the run and felt absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, everyone says they they struggle here, but my last two years. You know, I was more holding myself back in the first half of the race, and this year I was actually kind of pushing, um, and she was running away from me in the start, um, and I just, you know, I thought that, you know, I'd be lucky to get on the podium at that point. It wasn't until, you know, I reached past halfway in the marathon that I started to get get my legs under me and... Um, start to feel like okay maybe I can pull her back but you know my main concern at that point still was I mean I was in fourth or fifth place I had Rachel to pass and then um uh, Leander and then uh Carolyn so I mean I was just trying to pick off one at a time and you know try to put together the best marathon I possibly could and you know if if that meant I could catch Chrissy then obviously that would have been a dream come true but um she was too strong for me today and and a well-deserving champion. Once you pass everybody else, she was the one in front of you. I guess you, somebody was giving you splits. Did you have a certain degree of power? So you want me to get to the point, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had, you know, the, when you're out there, you get splits from so many different people, and they're always different. I mean, my coach was out there in, in parts, and I, I know I can trust her, but... Sometimes even her, I'm like, come on, Siri. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I did have hope, but, you know, she was still three minutes plus ahead of me, four minutes ahead of me at the top of the energy lab with 10K to go. I mean, that was a huge ask. Um, I think I would have had to just uh, put another high V performance in uh, to catch her. <laughs> and I don't think I had that in me at the end of the race, so... Um, I mean, no, nothing's impossible, um, anything's possible, and, um, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on up ahead, I didn't know how she was feeling, I mean, great champions have faltered at the finish line before, and you never know, so I just kept ticking it off one mile after another, one, one witch's hat, we call them witch's hats in Australia, cone, after the other, um, and just try to get that finish line. So Marinda did get it down to 240. That was as close as she got. Uh, and then it blew out to 340 uh, within the uh, last mile. Um, and then Chrissy ended up winning by 249. Um, so you can probably thank a few high fives to the crowd for that one. All right, next question, please. TJ. <laughs> you can turn it on, Tim. Uh, TJ, Under, underneath. It's underneath the microphone. There you go. Oh, okay. Just leave it there. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you've spoken in the past uh, about how much pressure you put on yourself, the expectations that you have in yourself um, to perform. But obviously, there are the things you can control and the things you can't control. And last year, you came in, uh, you confronted one of those things you couldn't control and you couldn't start the race. And I'm curious. To what degree that haunted you this last year, and with what happened in the last couple of weeks, how that played into how you felt, any fear you had, and who was there to help you get through that so that you could have the performance you had today? 
Um, it was it was devastating, like I said before, not to not to start the race last year. Um, you know, it was an emotionally incredibly difficult time for me, um, and I spent a lot a lot of the period between um, Kona and uh, Ironman Arizona working with. Um, my strength coach also does um, um, some kind of mental coaching as well. So I spent some time with him and um, slowly got my, my confidence back, um, you know, and also got physically healthy again. And that was, you know, that was very important. My, my performance at I'm Arizona, I feel that I was misquoted in people reporting me saying that was my Kona. It was never going to be my Kona, but it was the performance I would have wanted to have given at Kona. Um, and I think that put a, you know, a lot of my demons to rest. Um, having a performance like that, whilst it wasn't the World Ironman Championships, I did break um, the World Ironman record there, and um, that gave me, you know, great confidence. So I think... I don't like to dwell too much on things. I'm a very positive person. Um, I did throw my toys out of the pram, got very upset in the days after Kona last year, and then you have to move on. You can't, you can't dwell on, on, on those kind of things, and you have to um, be mature enough to take, to take the lessons, and, and I learned a lot of lessons, like I said at the press conference, regarding... Um, particularly regarding rest and recovery. Um, and Dave Scott, my coach, and I worked hard to kind of nuance my program to reduce the volume, increase the intensity, and get more rest and recovery um, integrated in, into that. And, and that's paid dividends um, definitely this year, as has um, paying great attention to, to my nutrition. So there's some of the things that I did take from last year um i don't think my non-start at kona affected my my mental state going into this race aside from the fact that my friends and family had paid a huge amount of money to come out from the uk and around the world to watch me race and there was i two weeks ago lying in a hospital bed um thinking oh dear i really hope my elbow is not fractured because you know they might have to um be getting a refund on their flights, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that that, that, that last year um, put any excessive pressure on on on, on me this year. Um, obviously, the preparation going in was very very different this year. Or the last two the last two weeks prior to that, I felt that I was in the shape of my life, and thankfully that physical fitness. Um, um, I was able to draw on that physical fitness today um, um, to to you know achieve to achieve what I to achieve what I did. Um, but sorry. Um, but yeah, like you said, no one puts more pressure on me than than I do. Um, yes, I feel pressure from um, external sources. Um, I feel, you know, a weight of expectation from the public. I feel a desire to achieve great things in order to um, inspire and empower other people. Um, 
but ultimately I do this, I do this for me. Um, and I will never, ever, ever rest until I know I've given it absolutely everything. And that's where, that's where the pressure and the weight of expectation comes. But I just want to finish off just by saying, I, I don't want to plug my sponsors, but they've been phenomenally understanding over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, I had obligations coming into this race and a lot of them forego those, um, allowed me to forego those obligations just to get a bit more recuperation time. And for, for that, I'm really sincerely, sincerely grateful. Kevin McKinnon, Ironman Live. what it's been like this year and, and whether or not you felt that kind of pressure and what maybe you have more respect for, for uh, Chrissy having being able to do that or win multiple times. You know, I don't think it's the pressure that um, makes it hard to defend. I think it's, you know, the obligations that come from being champion. Um, last year, you know, I was fortunate enough to win the race and... With that came a lot of opportunities, obligations, and so forth. And, you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. I mean, I wanted to celebrate my victory and take every opportunity that opportunity that was given to me. Um, that being said, you know, I think the first six or seven months of my year were pretty ordinary. I mean, you look at my results and they look okay, but those results cost. I mean, I struggled through the year. Um, and I was sick. Um, many times I felt like every month I was getting some other little virus or some sort of random sickness or pick up any bug. Um, I think my immune system was just struggling just from trying to do too much. So I think defending becomes hard because you're taken away from your training or your training is a little bit more compromised than maybe if you're going in you know, at, not a defending champ or someone who's a dark horse. I mean, you have the luxury of um, training and um, <clears throat> having that uninterrupted training block, which, um, I mean, it really is our job. But, um, you know, you have other obligations once you become champion and, you know, leading up to racing as well. So, yeah, I think that that's the thing that makes it tough to defend not necessarily the pressure that's leading you. I mean, I, I love the pressure of this race. I love racing on the big stage and, you know, against the best in the world. Um, for me, it's not the pressure. It's, you know, it's the outside obligations. And, I mean, maybe I celebrated my win for too long after the race too last year. Questions? Timothy. This your best race you've ever had. What is the best race you've ever had, if not? Um, I I was really uh, pleased with um, my race in Ironman Lanzarote this year, um, mainly because I became I think I was three minutes off Paula Newby Fraser's record, and you know she's such a legend, and to get that close was. Um, it would have been nice to be three and a half minutes quicker, but um, yeah, so I was really pleased with that. But I think I've been quite lucky or 
uh, the way I, I seem to have got better with every race I've done so far in in Ironman and so that was the fastest time I've ever done for an Ironman and it's a good place to do it um, and part of me coming into this because when I when I got into Ironman I, I came fifth in the first one then I came third and then I got two seconds and then I got a first and coming into Ironman Hawaii this was my third time and I'd come sixth and I'd come fifth and it's very easy to think I'll always you know I will come fourth in this one and but I and it I have to say I felt bad you know going past Caroline in that last 200 meters but part of me was thinking but fourth would make a nice pattern to that so <laughs> um so um so I think that was I mean I was disappointed with my run because my running had had got much better this year and um but I but I struggled but I think that that was my best it was my best bike ride so you know that probably impacted on my run as well um so yeah I think it's my best race to date thank you Kevin McKinnon, then TJ. Carolyn, you um, talked a little bit about the, uh, the foot injury. Um, you still managed to, to win rather impressively in Frankfurt. Were you, were you injured at that point? Um, at that point, I was all right. Um, the injury starts in January. But, yeah, it was a plantar fasciitis problem on my foot. And yeah, it started January, and then uh, I thought oh, I can manage the whole thing till Ironman Australia, which um, in the middle of the marathon it started hurting really bad, and I was walking. And then I find out if I'm actually running on the outside of my foot, I still can keep going, and it's still quicker than just walking. So I keep going, running on the outside of my foot, and I, and I won. Um, but after that, I couldn't run for probably two months, uh, got a cortisone injection, and um, yeah, and then after that I start running um, 20 minutes for 800 meter, it was uh, <laughs> pretty disappointing if you uh not really moving during running, and then a couple of races coming up, and uh, I didn't told anyone, so I went really hard in the swim and bike, and then had enough lead for just shuffle through the run. Um, it wasn't hurting at that point when I went very slow. So I just keep going very slow and I uh, still won races and I got some cash and uh, some victories, so it was pretty good. And then I started building up my run and I got faster, faster again. But yeah, I, w I was missing these two months and I was missing the three months after these two months with probably um, like track sessions and everything and in Frankfurt uh, yeah it was it was the call and it was also the missing of, of the long runs um, when I struggled again uh, but I, I was able to win so it was uh, I was very pleased with that and yeah afterward I start back in, in real training so I missed nearly five or six months of proper run sessions on track, and uh, um, but it was not another reason for me to hold back today. Uh, I just thought maybe I, I can 
still bring it home and uh, I just went for it and uh, I will try it again next time and I'm, I hope my foot will be fine next year. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question and one that I and a lot of my other fellow professionals have given a lot of time um, to, to thinking about, to evaluating the system. Um, I think Rinny and I have different, like slightly differing opinions, so it's probably quite good that, that you ask us both. Um, I personally feel this is a Ford Ironman World Championships and you should do an Ironman to, to qualify. I've, um, <laughs> no, um, and, and others will disagree with me, but that's, that's my own personal opinion. I feel that there's um, a very, very credible half Ironman series now, and the World Championships for that is, you know, a fantastic race in, in, in a great, challenging location. So a 70.3, um, um, the 70.3 points should should count primarily towards that and if, if you want to race here then I feel that you should validate your slot with an Ironman whether you're a world champion or or otherwise um, I feel I mean it'd be interesting to look at how those that have had to have raced more to accumulate points performed today because there are many athletes from last year at, at Kona that accrue a lot of points from, from racing Kona only had to do one more Ironman um, whereas others, Mary Beth Ellis for example, did, did three Ironman races um, so it'd be interesting to see how you know, how the performances of, of those that had to race less to accrue points um, compared to those that have had to have raced more. Obviously we we can race strategically. We can choose which races we want to do. Um, but not every pro has that luxury. You know, those that, that, that have, um, you know, the financial backing of, of sponsors can afford to, to fly to different continents to be able to race in different places. Whereas, you know, the, the, the lower tier pros might not have that choice and they have to race the races that are in their home continent, which might not give them enough points. So I, 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 do, I am troubled by the fact that the lower tier pros might not be able to afford to fly all the way around the world all year to, to accrue enough points. But I think all in all, um, the point system is working well. I, I think it adds an element of excitement. I think that the, the smaller field, um, um, the referees can, um, may dispute this, but um, lent to a, a much more fairer race, particularly on, on the female side. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was some drafting out there, but the, the smaller field, I definitely think, minimize that drafting as did the the 30 minute gap with the age groupers but no i'm i'm i give my qualified but wholehearted support to the 
to the ranking system. Um, and I think, yeah, it's the first year and we've got a lot to take away. But I, I applaud the WTC for what they did for instigating it. And um, I really look forward to working with Andrew and, and the team to, to ensure that we can further improve it to the benefit <coughs> of, of all the pros. Yeah, Chrissy and I do have a couple of differing opinions when it comes to the points system. We've had some heated arguments in the past. Um, I don't agree that, you know, I'd like to see the top five in Kona get automatic selection um, and be have the right to choose whether they want to do another Ironman. I think if you've proven yourself here, um, then you shouldn't have to go and race again. I mean, for me, it's more about longevity in the sport and looking after your body. I mean, obviously... Chrissy can perform fantastically well over three Ironman, and other women too can do a few more a year. But I feel that you know younger athletes who want to do Ironman, or um, I mean, I don't see the point in telling us that we need to just go and validate or do another Ironman. Um, but <clears throat> I do think the point system is a good thing. It definitely needs some tweaking, um, and I'm sure. You know, Ironmen know that. They've uh, definitely taken us in and taken on all of our opinions. And I'm sure there'll be some changes in the future. Um, I mean, Chrissy mentioned Mary Beth Ellis. And I think that, um, I mean, Mary Beth Ellis was a special case. And even she says that, you know, she didn't take the smartest route to get to Kona. I mean, you look at athletes like Joe Gambles, who didn't race here last year. Since Joe Gamble's last Ironman, I've done two because he did one in Wisconsin and validated his spot there. He was smart. I mean, you know, you can work the system and if you plan your year out accordingly, then, um, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to get to the start line if you're good enough. Uh, today, in the, in the, from the state, you had the 30-minute gap, which seemed to have a big influence on, on the race. Do you guys want to have a five-minute gap between the males and the females when you race? Yeah, thanks for raising that. I mean, the others can speak, but um, very simply, yes. Um, we would um, really appreciate the women having a separate start to the men, and five minutes would be fantastic, because it still leaves a 25-minute gap between... Yeah. Um, some, yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you never know. And last year it worked to my advantage and I managed to sneak off in a group. Um, this year that didn't happen. And even in the pack I was, I had no idea if there was just one other woman or... I mean, you kind of look for caps, but you don't really know. And I think if if we were separated, then you kind of, you'll be aware of where people are and it's it's much more about how we're swimming rather than... Because you can train for a, a start with the men, you know, you just work on a very fast four, 400 metres and then that should be enough to get you away. So. All questions? Okay, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, Timothy. here it looked like you were you 
I don't know, looked like you'd been so completely drained that you weren't focusing in your eyes. What was really going through your head, if anything at all? I mean, it looked like you were just shocked. Um, I was emotionally and physically spent. Um, the last couple of weeks really took their toll on me mentally. Um, I had to fight very, very hard to stay confident in myself and in my ability. I drew heavily on my, my friends and family who were amazing and never, never ever lost faith in me. But yeah, it was a physically and emotionally draining performance. It was a very different from performance from anything I've ever given before. Um, and it's, like I said before, it was, it's the one that I am the most proud of. Um, but yeah, at, at the end, I, 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 was, I was spent. I, I left everything, everything out there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your uh, attendance tonight on behalf of the World Triathlon Corporation. Radio Jumbo, well, we've heard, what do you think of the press conference? Because it's, it's only a day after for us. It was it was okay. I mean, they're good talkers, the guys. You know, you can uh, when if I compare it to say an ITU athletes when they come through, a lot of them are, are absolutely hopeless. But that's partly the interviewers are not asking them good questions. You know, they ask them how it went today. Oh, it was so hot out there, and, and but I felt good. And that's, yeah. all, that's all you get. Is it partly age as well? Like, yes. You know, like, I mean, the pros, you look at the age of the, most of the guys out there, like Pete Jacobs is considered young, yeah. and he'd be, what, late 20s? Yeah, yeah, and, and the rest of them, you know, when you look at the start list, there's not many guys under 30, and most of them are mid-30s. Mid yeah, and, uh, it's a bit more life experience. And yeah, so but they, they all talk really well, which was, was good to see, and they, you know, what you want from these sort of things is, is how you felt, what was going through your mind, not just sort of talking through the race. Uh, so they're good talkers. And um, nothing. Uh, there was no revelations that came out, but it was uh, it was good stuff. Okay, John. So John and I have a bit of an issue right now. <laughs> we've got two issues in that little apartment. We've been in this apartment, and John and I. We, we may have talked about this earlier on in the week, but we were talking about how you know if our partners were here right now, they wouldn't be happy with their John. No, no. This is not. Admittedly, I'm probably the worst influence. Is your room looking tidy? Uh, no, I didn't really unpack, so it's, things are just sort of all over the place. Yeah, and my room's the lounge, so pretty much the lounge is a brothel. And uh, Jo's Jo's made her goal, which I love. She said to me, we were just chatting on a messenger a minute ago, and she was just saying hey, her goal is to not be so anal about being tidy, mm-hmm. which I like, but she still wouldn't like this environment. No. And we turned up on the first day, John, and, and we and we cooked some food. Well, you cooked some food, didn't you? Cooked what up, happened? I cooked up a nice little sort of uh, vegetable bolognese uh, yeah. sauce Good. and, and used nice. quite a few veggies. And uh and shoved all the stuff down the incinerator, so the little thing that whizzes around in the sink, and went to turn it on, didn't turn on. What happened? Just doesn't work. Oh, so it doesn't actually, didn't even work from the start? No, no. Wouldn't even know, so it doesn't work. Well, that's, that's what you would expect. <laughs> so that sinker, and I shoved quite a bit of stuff down there. Did you? Uh, and so now we've got broccoli and mushrooms and bits of pasta and everything down there. It's been there, there, for like it's five been days. there all week in this hot environment. So that was incident number one. And then this morning, now, this morning, this, this is the hard subject to talk about without but, going down the bad but path. But Bevan came out of the toilet and said, I'm feeling pretty hollow after that experience. <laughs> 
John, John was obviously busting. And, and there's been a blockage in the room. Yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There's been a pretty big blockage. So we thought that we'd get the guy, the handyman, to come fix it. So you went out to see him. You're like, oh, what, what happened? Yeah, I just called him up. And they've, they all they've done is given us a, uh, a, plunger. a plunger. So it's the only fair way in this situation because we both contributed to the problem. In <laughs> 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 life, there's only one way to solve a problem. And I think this is a, a rule for all, all relationships. Papers is rock. Yeah. And so you have to do a papers is rock. Like if you have a moment where you both, like if you've got a kid and you want to change your nappies, oh, I don't want to do it, papers is rock. If there's a yeah. job, you know, he's watching TV and one of you has to get up and answer the door, papers is rock. So John and I are going to have a papers is rock tournament. On three, we go one, two, two, three, and it's first two, three. It's not no. just a once it. It's best of three. No, so just first to three. I don't, we'll be here all day. No, best we won't. Of three. Paper doesn't take that long. Let's do it. First okay. to three. Hold on, okay, I've, got thing, I've got a thing, I've got a thing. Oh, yeah, just do it. Ready, set, okay. go. One, one, two, three. Yes! <laughs> no, we did paper items with scissors. Okay, ready, go. One, two, three. Yes! 2-0 Jeepers This okay, is not looking promising <laughs> It's going to have to be a comeback Are you ready to go 1, 2, 3 Yes Oh dear I That's just, It's a down trap I, actually, I <laughs> should actually Get punished further for that I didn't even get on the scoreboard I'm quite happy right now Team as you can probably tell What's, what's your strategy <laughs> Oh no At least it's mine That's required to be unblocked Not yours <laughs> Exactly So John So John's probably He's not looking so happy oh, anymore Oh dear so, so oh, I'm loving. I'm so relieved. I have to admit, I was a little bit nervous. Can I claim because I won the Pepsi's Rock Tournament? Can I claim my walkaway victor from all the challenges? Well, I probably. Can. I would have beaten you in the transition challenge. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll give you that. You probably would have beaten me in the one k challenge. Yeah, the slow would have been interesting. You probably uh, the slow one. I reckon I would have taken you. We'll give you the victory. Yes. Make you feel good about yourself. I'm feeling pretty good about myself without the victory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what strategy to use here. Because the problem is you've got to piss through stuff. If you're a new listener to the show, we're normally much more high level. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, so what have we got coming up? I'm going to be on holiday when this comes out. Yeah, John's in Criteria. I'm, I'm back in Christchurch. Just working away. Just mm. working away. Well, the sponsors, John. I'm sure they're loving the thing. Athlinks.com. <laughs> um, Tell all your store, race stories, your great stories up there. Actually, that's a good point, but John, if you go to Athlinks.com, they have a really good race report page. And, and, you know, often people write their race reports. And this one actually has some really good questions. It's a bit of a guideline. And then instead of sending this big text thing through to everyone as an email, you can just send a link that they can click to. And it's a really good feature that they have on athletics.com. So if you've been racing in Kona or Barcelona or you've got a race coming up over the next few weeks, check out athletics.com, put on your race report. And, and the other thing is, is that then it's stored in one place forever. Because mm-hmm. often what you do is you'll write an email, you send it out, and then you, you oh, where did I put that email? Mm-hmm. So athletics.com. Coffees of Hawaii, you can get yourself your Chrissy coffee, use the promo code SMILES at checkout and uh, get yourself the, what's she now, the four-time Ironman champion well, coffee. Well, Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I assume so. She's still got plenty more in her. She's only you got a, another four. Four. Pulled, pulled it at eight. I was eight, was it? Yeah. She's got the capabilities, just whether she, she, I think whether she wants to, because... Well, I think will age become a problem. Because yeah. how old's Chrissy? 34, 35, something like that. Yeah. I, th- I think she, if she wants to, she could do it. But you know, you got other things oh, going on. Years. Life. Five years. No, I think she's she's so much so far ahead of everybody else. I don't think it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she may want to go off and have a family and things like yeah, that. Let's put on the record right now. I think it's going to be a challenge. I'm not going to say she's not going to do it, but I think I think if she's still racing, she'll do it. At forty, if we, surely another five years of being fresh chicken coming through, or even a gill. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll go on, I'm going on record now. If she's still racing, she'll get get it. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that if you're right about her age, it will be a challenge. Okay. If she's only 32, she's no worries. Okay. Um, next sponsor, what was it? Coffees of Hawaii? Done Coffees of Hawaii. Extreme Endurance. Extreme Use Endurance, it. Lactic Buffer. If you have new new to the show, because I imagine we picked up a few new listeners. <laughs> so the, the toilet story's not helping. But <laughs> if you're new to this show and you haven't heard us talk about Extreme Endurance in the past, John, give it a wrap up. Uh, Lactic buffer, so that uh, helps your performance. Uh, and then on the flip side athlete. of that, as an athlete, and then it flips on the other side. It really helps uh, in your recovery, which also helps your, your performance as well. So sort of a double, double, a double whammy, two for one. You get two, with two this deal. And then you know, like like a lot of supplements, you, you know, I have to admit, I'm always a bit of a skeptic when it comes to supplements. And but you know, the thing is, is that John's used. It. Admittedly, I haven't used it. I, I want to do a good fast run soon, so maybe I'll be using it the next few months. But John's used it. Lots of you guys have been emailing us through saying how you really are feeling the effect of it. So it's you know the evidence is in the feedback. That's right. It's all good. Um, and then the sponsors, just for our kind of super specials, last time we gave them Endurance mention. Sport Travel, Lava Java, Audio Technica, and O2 Creations. And John, the listeners. And the listeners. Yes. I'm going to do my listener rank one more time. Don't do your listener rank one more time. We just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, we wouldn't be here without special you. Special thank you to those who know they donated. So, you know, mm. What happens is we get emails from people going, oh, I feel guilty I didn't donate. Don't worry, you can donate to the next one. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> we'll be coming back. But, yeah, um, yeah we, we've got a lot of content out. We're really proud of what we did, and it only happens because you guys wanted us here. So uh, any other goss, John? Um, congratulations on- to Gary Burgess. Uh, Kiwi got second in his age group. Oh, did he? So that was really Great. solid. And oh wait! I was going to pull up its result. Wait a second, you keep yes. talking. Uh, yeah, just uh, lots of fast times out there, which was which is good to see. And uh, Scott Richdale, just based on saw this him. year's results, he went he went sub five on the bike. He was quite proud of that. Well, which that's was good smoking. Yes, sub five. But based on this year's results, mm-hmm. who's going to win next year? Top three for next year. My strategy for picking these now is going to be looking at the Kona results and not looking so much at the mid-season amazing results because I think what we're starting to see is the guys that blast it in the middle of the year, they're often not there at the end of the year. So, really? Like, yep. Who? Marino this year, Andreas Raylert this year, blasted it in the middle of the year. Guys that were on form, crushing everybody, didn't perform. You look back to last year, Pete Jacobs hasn't done much this year. Granted, he's been injured. Crowey hasn't done much this year. He was injured for quite a bit of it. Oh, um, Albert, 92952. Nice. Nice work, mate. Fifth in his age group. No, Albert's on the stage. Good work, mate. Yes. That is sensational. Very good. No, he, he, left, it all, he left it all in the course and well done, it's mate. Not a P, it's not a PB for him, but it's still... It's hey, really solid. he's keeping up his consistency. Was, was the his fifth fastest marathon runner in the world. Yes. And the fifth fastest Ironman. There you go. You know, number, that's his nickname. Number five is alive. And what was his run split? He ran a uh, 3.22. So obviously lost it a bit towards the end of the run because yeah. he would probably expect a little bit faster from yeah, Albert. Yeah, maybe a little bit faster. Yeah, maybe a little more 315, 3.10, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, hey, fifth, mate, I'd love to be on stage. Exactly. And what we will do um, after the show when we get back in the studios is uh, we'll give a bit of love to... Some of the top age groupers, yeah, maybe the top five age groupers overall, but we'll get onto that when we get home. Jombo, um, I'm wondering, <coughs> as we're sitting here talking, so wait a second, so your predictions, so because you, uh, you bring up a good point, because last night, in the, in the, which you guys would have heard actually in the show, is hearing the different opinions around the point system from Chrissy mm-hmm. into Marinda, and Marinda's saying, well, I don't want to have to race so many Ironman races because... You know, it's so hard on the body. And your point is saying that you're looking at the guys who are smoking at mid-season. You're saying they're not performing as well at Kona. And if you look at Jacobs because he injury, and and then Crowey because he was had that sick period. 
does that mean, you know, what do you think the point system is, the implications of that on the point system? Well, if you, if you do well in Kona, you've got a massive head start on everybody. So anybody in the top ten at Kona, they go and do themselves a uh, one of the championship races, have a reasonably good race there. I'm just tossing probably back to tell me whether I'm right or wrong here. I'd say they'd be pretty much sweetened. Do that, do a 70.3, boom, you're in. Uh, but it really does bind you into this uh, into this series but some of the guys like Terenzo was saying you know for him and Cameron they, they really want to do Ironman New Zealand yeah um, and it's also a money race for them for sponsorship isn't it it is but times are changing and we've got to we've got to change is not always easy but those are other races around the world like Ironman New Zealand like Ironman Australia they're, they're going to lose their significance I think as pro races because I think people just will have to go start racing tactically, and that's what we, we as an audience want to see. Is we want to see the big guns going head to head, and that's what WTC are trying to do. So I like it. And what, and again, they say, well, but what about you know? It's been at Taupo for so long, or it's been at Port yeah. Macquarie. You know, you got to support those races. What they, I think they've done is they've got they've gone to big cities. They're, they're making their major yep. races, big city races, high profile races. It's exactly what ITU do. They basically go around like we're going to London, we're going to Sydney, we're going to Seoul, we're going to big big cities, and that helps with the profile side of things. So. Well, and, and I'm not putting word in Andrew's mouth, but the impression he got when we talked to him, you guys heard this, was that it sounds like he's keen to get more prize money for the pros, mm-hmm. and in doing that, they're going to be having these key races which you know like like i don't know what they're thinking but you know let's say they do you know up a cone to two or three hundred thousand for a win you know and then one of those other races is worth two hundred thousand for the win that does help bring the prestige of the sport up and, and it sounded like andrew was identifying that you know bigger media coverage is going to be one of those things and big money and all that kind of stuff in big cities is what's going to get that isn't it exactly so yeah. i I, f- I feel for a lot of the races they are going to lose their significance but um i think this but is I suppose the, right the question I have, I know we're kind of, this is probably going to be a long show now, but I suppose the question I have then is if, let's say I'm a pro athlete, because Kona's always going to be a mecca. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing, you know, Texas or, or New York now, you know, the New York race is kind of the, the American race that's kind of key, North America. So if I'm going to do New York, when is New York? Uh, middle of the American season, I think. So I don't know, ballpark, July, August, okay, so, there, probably. And I want to win that one. I'm going to smack the crap out of myself to win it. You're pretty much saying under your theory is that you're going to compromise Kona. So do you think someone like Crowey wouldn't even bother doing one of the championship races and no. just validate? validate? No. Yeah. Uh, if 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 I was at a, a pro, I'd look at going and doing. <coughs> but you're a bit croaky today, mate. Mm. Uh, I would go and do Melbourne. Yeah, big points early in the season. Knock it on the head. Uh, but maybe even an easier race where yeah. you don't have to push you. Maybe you just for, turn up and for do. The, for the past champions, that's obviously the choice for them. But for everybody else who've got to get points, uh, I'd go and do Melbourne. And mm. then I, uh, you don't have to do that much. You know, you just race tactically. You go. It's. But but everybody's got to choose where what they want to get out of their career. Like we saw Cameron Brown drop out yesterday. If I was in his shoes, do we hear anything from why? Uh, but I think he's probably just so far back. Yeah, I mean. No, because someone was running with him, and uh, I was talking to Maddie Reed's uh, Maddie Reed's wife. Yeah, yeah, she was saying someone was Cameron. running with him. They were running really well, and, and he was running like sub four minutes. And yeah, just but you're sub four minutes. You're half an hour off the pace. It's like yeah. mm, can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone like him, I'd, I'd do a Belinda Granger, and I'd just go and race Challenge, and and uh, and go and race other races, pick up paychecks. He could still make make a hell of a lot more money than what probably what he's doing now, but without Kona. So. Um, I think you're going to see the, the non-WT specialists start to emerge as well. Guys that are, say, finish here between, say, 10 and 20, great athletes, um, maybe think they're, they're either not, can't get up to that, that uh, number one position, can't get on the podium, and they can go and get some good paychecks. So 
I don't know. I think it's, it's really exciting for the pro athletes. There's so much choice out there now. If you want to go to Kona, you've got to play the WTC game and you've got to go do the races. And if you want to get here, you go and do the points races. It's yep. pretty simple. And they've got better money. So it's not like it's just you've got to go and do these points. We're going to screw you on the money, though. They've got better money. So I think the other thing as well is that we've, everyone's acknowledging that it's, it's early days with the point system. Mm. And I don't think anyone thinks it's perfect. And But it seems to be that when you're hearing the pros in those interviews before, that they are open, WC seem to be open to the discussion of making it work. And so, you know, it was never going to be perfect in the first year, and it's a, it's a work in progress. So, all good, John. Well, um, that's pretty much us for this week. It is. Uh, thanks to everybody who said hello to us over here. It's been really yeah. nice, people yeah, bumping into cool. us. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you achieved your goals. Yes, and hopefully, we'll see. Well, we don't know if we'll be back here next year or not, but um, all things going well, probably will be. Uh, WTC have actually been great over here. We've given them a lot of crap over the years, and uh, and we'll continue to do so if they do things that are wrong, um, which, which we don't agree with. But they've been great over here, and uh, you know what? We're building a relationship with them, and it's got to be good for you guys. You yeah. Know? So um, all in all, all in all, solid trap. Just just two more things. Good luck in the toilet. Yes. <laughs> and next week we're back in the studios and we'll be back to a normal length show. We'll try to keep it to an hour seven next week. Yes. Eh? Sounds good. <laughs> okay guys. I'm Russ. I'm Indon. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Hey guys, don't let John know, but he's in the toilet right now, I can hear him. He's <laughs> swearing. He doesn't sound like he's in a sappy place. So um yeah. <laughs> 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 You've got to go back at the more. <laughs> He's going to go for round two. Oh. <laughs>